Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, coming in with a new episode from Six Pack Discussions. Uh, we got kind of a fun one today, Jared. We're actually going to be trying out two different beers at the same time. You know, the more I think about it, we almost need to drink. You can't drink it all and then drink the next one because these are two different beers, right? So yeah. you almost have to crack two right now and just kind of uh, double fist it for a while, right? 100%. I would agree. And so what yeah. we're doing, guys, is New Belgium is doing kind of a cool thing with their Voodoo Ranger line of uh, IPAs. They are actually doing a, uh, I guess, what would you call it? A uh, consumer vote? Yeah. Right? Think of it like this is the present day Coke versus Pepsi, but it is the uh, same company. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, 100%. So they have two new IPAs. They are uh, letting consumers taste, and you can actually scan a QR code on the beer and be able to vote which one you think should be the next Voodoo Ranger. Uh, we're drinking the Danger Beach IPA. Uh, and what's the other one, Jerry? This is Voodoo Vice. Voodoo Vice. <laughs> so sick. Oh, that's fun. All right. We'll talk about both of them in about 20 minutes, guys. All right. So today, um, we're going to be talking about something kind of interesting. I don't know if it's common in the news. No, I definitely don't think it's it's something that people fight about. I think this might be a low man on the totem pole this is, argument. This is a definite one. Uh, yeah. So it's actually going to be making prisoners work, right? Or yeah. what's a better way to say that? I, I labor. Guess, forced labor. Forced labor. Yeah. Yep. Forced labor. So uh, in short, guys, just to kind of give you a background of this, um, this is actually rooted in the 13th Amendment Yep. to where essentially you are not allowed to force anyone to work. However, if they committed a crime, then you can. That, that's kind of the, the clause, the loophole, if you will. And just for everybody, the 13th Amendment on our Constitution was the uh, amendment that got rid of slavery in the United States. Shout out Lincoln. Yep. Big shout out. Um, <laughs> got rid of slavery right after the Civil War. Uh, and in that in that amendment, they pretty much say slavery, indentured solitude, illegal, not allowed whatsoever, unless. Uh, unless. And this is the clause kind of that allows for prisons prisons to act a little bit differently. Unless you have been convicted of crime, mm -hmm. the state or government can induce forced labor. So, in short, um, by no means are we having, you know, prisoners work at like, you know, like a Google or something like that, like in these tech jobs. But more so, they're doing a little bit of facilities maintenance. They're doing kind of like the weeds and seeds, you know, like making sure that the grounds look nice. They're doing a little bit of cooking. Yep. They're doing a lot of cleaning, you know, things like that. Right. Yeah. Most, most of it's going to be, uh, just like daily, like imagine like house chores. I think it's kind of like house chores. If you could think of all the stuff that you have to maintain at home, right. Mow the lawn, do the laundry, cook the food, dust the baseboards. Yep. Um, at what is it? 95% of labor provided by prisoners is that type of stuff. And where the controversy comes into play is the pay. Right. So depending on what state you are, you know, the national, I got the national minimum wage is seven, twenty five. I couldn't remember. That's seven federal. Or seven oh, yeah. federal. Thank you. I, that's a more proper way. So the federal minimum wage is seven twenty five. You know, of course, depending on your state, that could that could fluctuate quite a bit. But in prison, where this controversy starts stemming from is you get paid depending on your job and experience. You can get paid like a few few cents an hour. 
or yeah. a couple dollars an hour. Like that's kind of the spectrum. Yeah, I think it ranges from like 21 cents. Or actually, sorry, I should say zero because some states like Texas uh, do not pay their uh, state prisoners. But um, in most cases, if you are getting paid, it's like 21 cents to about $2. That's what I saw kind of range uh, per hour. So definitely much less than than the federal minimum. Just wage. out of curiosity, did you have a hard time finding out those figures? Yeah, I, I got some numbers. Okay. Uh, because um, I, a lot of the articles that I was reading, they were speaking in generalities. They were saying a few cents to a few dollars. Yeah, so it says in the I, United I, States, the inmates in prisons are known to earn around 95 cents to 4.75 a day. Okay. A day. So eight hour work day, you could see kind of. But see, are they working eight hours? You know, that's where I'm. Oh. It was very difficult for me yeah. to actually say, hey, if you're in this state, you get paid X for this job. So here's See, actually, that, that's where I struggled. Here's the pay scale. I actually have the pay scale here uh, based on the t- grade of work by Unicor, which I don't know if you read up on Unicor at all. They're the, essentially the, the federal uh, prisoners. It, it's like a kind of a, it, it is a private company, but they have a lot of regulations around how they can um, employ uh, federal prisoners. But a grade one a type of job you get one fifteen per hour, all the way down to a grade five, which is twenty three cents per hour. And these people are doing maintenance work; they're doing uh, car maintenance, replacing uh, tires on on uh, police officer vehicles, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the type of work that Unicorn employees uh, normally do. And do you really want an ex? Or I'm sorry, a current inmate changing the tires and brakes, etc., on a police vehicle? Talk about the QAQC needed for that one. <laughs> I know, you know, I thought about that too. And I was thinking, you know what? But would you really, if you're if you're in prison and you're like, hey, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of these guys, you know, I'm going to say guys because of, let's be majority honest. Majority of them are. Majority yeah. of guys. I don't think most of these guys are saying, hey, I'm trying to hurt somebody else in this situation. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to fix my life. I would say probably 90% of prisoners are probably in that bucket. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. But it's funny that you just said that because often the scrutiny of this this forced labor is, is, you know, I guess in the word forced labor, but also it's almost one of those things where if you don't work, parole hearings are magically pushed and you kind of get put in solitary confinement, I read in a couple cases. Yeah. Solitary confinement, I can't believe that's constitutional. I, I don't understand how you can place someone in a solitary confinement and that's not inhumane. Well, I think solitary confinement matters for people that are a danger to others and a danger to themselves, right? So if you imagine somebody that is almost irrational to the point of lashing out not only at correction officers but also other inmates and may also hurt themselves, like what else are you supposed to do with that person? Like, you have to kind of, like, confine them to a space that is safe. And that's really what solitary confinement is. Is like, hey, you're in an area where you're not able to hurt yourself or others until you're able to kind of calm down. And I'm not, it's like time out, essentially, for adults, if you think about it. <clears throat> right. So, you, you work in a, uh, you work in a field, like, your actual job, Cody, to where um, you are hyper-focused on enhancing the the customer experience, right? Uh-huh. All, all the products and services that you offer, the end user is in, in tended to benefit from it. Correct. And part of the, your talk track, correct me if I'm wrong, is talking about time distortion of waiting in lines. Correct me if I'm wrong also, but at 90 seconds is whenever your time gets massively distorted. Yeah. Can you imagine 
a month, a year, a lifetime in solitary confinement? I don't think that happens often. I think that's for like serial killer like movies, honestly. I think I think most solitary confinement is like a 10 hour, a 15, 20 hour stint. I think it's I think it's actually a lot less for punishment type reasons when one, a prisoner does that. But when somebody is always a threat, yes, yes. I think most solitary confinement are, are for shorter periods of times. I don't think it's for a year, just so you know. I don't know. I don't know the facts on that one. I didn't go down that rabbit hole. Okay. I didn't know we were going to make that point, but I think solitary confinement is, is unconstitutional. I think it should be. But well, luckily we're not talking about that today. That's a different episode. Yeah. So anyways, here was also my rub. Did you know that not all prisons are government? Yeah. About 7% of them are private. Yeah. I saw anywhere from 7 to 10. Yeah. Private. So now we're having this issue where you're essentially forcing people to work, you know, holding various levers over their head. And now you are incentivized to make everyone work for 23 cents an hour because then it's more bottom line. Yeah. That's where my rub started to begin actually. But then a lot of rubs here, Jared. Oh yeah. I'm rubbed out. Really? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. No, interesting, but the private one, I thought about that as well. I watch a lot of, apparently that is where there's most amount of scrutiny in our prison system in America is the private prisons. Um, private prisons came into kind of reality in the eighties as a way to start cutting costs in our prison system because it started becoming more and more expensive to house inmates. Well, yeah, the government is charging on average. This is how this works is, you know, the government says $200 a day is what it takes me to house an inmate. And then private says, Oh no, I can do it for 150. I saw 51 bucks average uh per diem a day per prisoner for a private prison wow interesting i was seeing 150 so well, maybe 50 dollars less maybe that I, b- was- I believe that was on um the chicago tribune okay University well i think chicago? it depends it depends on which one you're looking yeah. at right but still that's less me and you we both are agreeing that private prison is less yeah so who is it less to the taxpayer okay yeah so uh somebody commits a crime uh, let's say they did arson. Okay. Let's say they burned down a building. Uh, somebody's home. Seven years in prison. That's okay. that's the sentence for something like that. I think. Okay. Seven years in prison. Does that does that um, help that person that got their house burned down? Seven years in prison. No. Okay. Is that person going to pay taxes most likely for the next seven years? Hundred percent chance. Okay. And so that's where I start kind of thinking about it. You're actually almost having that person pay after their house was burnt down by somebody, have them pay for that person to have room and board. Right? They're like, hey, yeah, you're going to pay your taxes. So that person that just burnt down your house can live in this area and get food, TV, entertainment. And and so this is where the working thing kind of, I think, kind of stems from. It's like the government's like, okay, guys, we're not going to extract all this money from taxpayers for you to kind of live rent free. You're going to do, and that's why 95% of these jobs are essentially house meat and stuff. You're going to mop the floors. You're going to cook the food. You're going to serve the food. You're going to clean the dishes. Most of this, you're going to do the laundry. We're not going to pay somebody else $8 an hour, $10 an hour to do all of those things in the, in the prison with taxpayer money that you robbed, that you stole from, or that you murdered, mm-hmm. right? We're going to say, hey, just do it yourself. Like, you don't, your mom's not going to clean up for you. That's kind of what I'm hearing here. That's exactly what you're hearing. Right? You're, you're kind of hearing the prison system say, hey, guys, for, for most of you, 
Your mom's not going to clean up for you. You're going to clean up your own shit. You're going to cook your own food. You're going to learn some self-responsibility. That's kind of what I'm hearing a little bit. Mm -hmm. You almost remember uh, the movie Holes? Dude, funny. Remember that movie? Damn, I wish I'd have done a little research to do a little bit of quotes. Because what was uh, Mr. Sir? Mr. Sir, five foot hole deep, five foot hole wide. Yeah, every and your, day. your shovel was your uh, measuring stick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Builds character. Builds character. You know what's you know what's funny is because there are a lot of people. So again, you know, as we preface this episode, by no means am I thinking you're going to turn on the news tonight and and see someone outraged about you know forced prison labor, right? It, it's just not. It's not a topic that sells. It's you know, you know what's funny is private prisons. We should do a whole episode on private because I think that right now is making headline news. The private prisons versus government prisons. I think I've seen some headline news on that stuff. That's a stretch for headlines, but okay. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed because it was actually kind of fascinating with the little research I did. Um, I wouldn't mind doing more, but um, <laughs> so this is, this is funny because again, forced labor, whatever you actually are intentionally searching for it, there are some pretty strong opinions about it. And here's where real strong. Here's where I thought that was really funny. Because as you just explicitly said, you know, these are essentially saying mommy's not here to take care of you, cook your food, make your bed, et cetera. You know, you're going to be the one cleaning your sheets. You're going to be the one scrubbing the baseboards. You're going to be the one picking the weeds, et cetera. Ask anyone in the military. Just mention the word details to them. I know all my academy guy listeners, your ass was up at, you know, 435 in the morning to do details, to do morning details i.e. mopping the floors, scrubbing the toilets, picking weeds, etc. every morning. But it's so funny how we are outraged at these people that have been convicted of a crime ranging anywhere from, you know, armed robbery, murder, murder. Yeah. and pedophilia, etc. I mean, we're, we're, we're literally arguing about murderers Having to cook their own food, having to mop their own floors, having to pick the weeds of the prison. Oh my God, they're only getting 23 cents an hour? Yeah, that's 23 cents too much maybe? I don't know. That's what Texas says. Texas says zero. Um, you know, some states in the South are kind of like this. A um, couple things, and we're kind of getting into our opinions right here a little bit, but... I, I just said maybe? No, no, I know. Is 23 cents too much maybe? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Um, so real quick, a couple of things that I thought were kind of funny. Do you know where the word treadmill comes from? Treadmill comes from. I did not do any origin research. <laughs> no. This is hilarious. So you know what a treadmill is, right? I'm well aware, yeah. Okay. Never use it. A device that you go to the gym for <laughs> you run and, and you voluntarily do. Correct? Okay. Is that is that what you, you do? I don't think anybody's forced really on a treadmill right now. No. Right? And probably more people in America probably should get on a treadmill once in a while. <laughs> Shout out to the South again. Yeah. So... <laughs> I and mean, what we're really making jokes here, guys, is just, you know, anybody that's overweight or things like that. Treadmill is just a way, great way to maybe lose a couple pounds, burn some calories, have one in your home, maybe go to the gym. So I didn't know this, but the word treadmill is interesting. Tread mill. Well, mill is normally meaning that you're milling some type of grain. Okay. Oh, well, I'm not milling some type of grain when I get on a treadmill. Well, the very first treadmills were actually used in prisons as the first type of labor by using actual bodies, right, you know, uh, prisoner bodies, to get on a large wheeled kind of turn type of mill and use their body weight and like, almost like a stair stepper 
and press the mill down for about six hours a day. And they would mill grain and different types of grains, hmm. right? Sorry, wheats, different types of grains um, for, you know, 15 minutes on, five minutes off. And there would be, you know, let's say 10 people on this big mill and they would just turn it slowly and it would it would grind up all of it. That's where the origin of a treadmill comes from. Oh, shit. Is that I, I did not know that. So that was really the first, what they would say, uh, uh, what they call pen, penal labor. Is that the right term? Penal? P. Yeah, penal. P-E-N-A-L. Is that how you, how you pronounce that word? Penal? Uh, it means I don't think so, prison. But I know, but penal. 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 Penal treadmills were used in prisons in early Victorian Britain as a method of exerting hard labor, a form of punishment prescribed to prisoner sentences. Um, I was like, man, what a what a kind of funny thing that we still have those and and we look at them as almost like a dang, you did thirty hours on the treadmill, nice job. People pay hundred dollars a month Bingo. to go to the treadmill. Is that hard labor then? So it's kind of interesting because in in a lot of these things we look at this and say, oh, this is this is almost um, forced slavery. Mm-hmm. Yet one of the very early and what I would say is that sounds pretty rough. Six hours on a treadmill that sounds pretty rough to make a, a person do it. Hell, I think those people are probably in pretty good shape though. If you look at it. Okay. So it's kind of funny. Um, now, one thing that I do not like, uh, we're all researching. I don't know if you got into the weeds here. After the 13th Amendment was passed, um, unfortunately, the South, um, they really took advantage of that last clause. They passed a lot of what they call loitering laws. And the police officers, as you can imagine, in and sheriffs, in the 1800s, right after the Civil War in the South, with a lot of you know recently freed black slaves, mm-hmm. they passed these loitering laws and kind of laws that were very targeted towards blacks in general. Mm-hmm. And they kind of used that thing that 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 clause to say if you are in prison, you can be used as essentially labor. And yeah. so it was, it was, I would abused. say abused, abused for probably That's about a hundred years abused. where somebody would be arrested for a very, what I would say, innocent crime, menial crime. Yes. Yeah. And put Heavy into pinch. what they called, what was the right, right term here? There was a term that I was thinking, this is interesting. Captive labor. Sorry, guys. Looking here on my notes. Convict lease program. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> essentially, you would be arrested for loitering outside of a general store. And okay. in most cases, of course, it was a black individual, not a white individual, after the 13th was passed. 13 minutes was passed. So, you'd be arrested. You'd be sentenced to two years at a local state prison. And then that prison would say, hey, guys, uh, we have 200 captive lease individuals we will lease them to you for a dollar a day pay us the prison a dollar and you get these individuals for eight hours a day to go work on your farm in most cases these were plantations essentially mm-hmm. now this is the shittiest part yep during this whole thing where i would say like you said 100 percent, this is abuse this is inhumane this is the worst thing this ever. wasn't the intent of the 13th amendment it was not there's no way in hell no. a Intended for people to, okay, I don't, I don't, yeah, it was getting taken advantage of 100% in the uh, worst way. 
the death rate or the uh, injury rate of these captive lease or lease individuals, the people that were in prison and then were used as leases, was much higher than the individuals that were in slavery because there was no ownership to it, which just sounds disgusting. But when slavery was there, you would never want to work your slave to death mm-hmm. because that would be a loss on your books, right? Which is sad to say, but that's what they would be thinking. Guys, please understand, Cody did not intend for that to, to sound yeah, how yeah, it came yeah. out, but that's, it's horrible, horrible black eye yeah. on America. But that's honestly how people viewed it. It was a, it was a, an asset and a liability. Yep. If you're alive, you're an asset. If you're yep. dead, you're a liability. Exactly. Right? So, so nobody would ever work any, you know, in, in the South, in this kind of disgusting era, they would never want to work anybody to death. But in this kind of federal leasing program where you would Shit. lease a, pro, uh, a person, it didn't matter if that person's name was Tom or Bob. It's no different. Almost think of an analogy. You buy a new car. You're going to take care of that thing. You're going to, you're not going to ride the engine. You're not floored at every green light. Rental car. A little different. Rental car. I just rented a freaking Camaro. I feel bad for the poor bastard that ever ends up buying that from Hertz, right? I drive the shit out of my rental cars because I'm only doing it for two or three days at a time. And the shitty thing is, is, you know, of course, Jared's using cars here, but we were actually talking about people in this situation. But that's how they fucking viewed them, and that's what's so wrong. Which is so wrong. Oh, it's so wrong. And so during this kind of, you know, era of convict lease programs, this is where this labor kind of gets a black eye. Um, and that's where the government said, okay, guys, we're not, no, we're going to start pulling back on this uh, private labor programs where people can essentially kind of lease inmates for almost free labor, you know, a dollar a day, things like that. And so now most labor done in prisons is all done kind of inside the prison, mm-hmm. inside the four walls. Um, now, here's where it gets a little interesting. In the last hundred years, did you look at all the items that prisoners make, though, that everyday individuals use? Uh, I saw soap. I saw detergent. I saw sheets. I saw a couple T-shirts. What else? License plates. Forgot the big one. License plates. That's How did I forget one. that one? Books for the blind. Oh, I didn't, I didn't read that. Yeah, so almost all Braille books are made by prisoners, which is very okay. fun. Lingerie. Apparently, Victoria's Secret and JCPenney hire a third party who uses prisoners to make it in the 1990s. Not anymore. Almost all park picnic tables uh, in, in uh, state and federal parks are made by uh, prisoners. Military jackets and garb. So your uniform that you purchased mm. at the commissary would have probably made by inmates. So it's actually interesting. Um, now, I can't speak for the other it's DOD Army, services. Marines. Okay. We're 100% almost always. Because made. Air Force, there's a tag on all present day uniforms that they're actually made from uh, either deaf and or blind people that are in prison. Didn't say that. <laughs> they're, they're good. They it it be, literally but... just said deaf and blind. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I'll, I'll show you one of my blouses. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say blouse? Yeah, that's what it's called. Okay. Just making sure. That's what it's called. <laughs> but interesting, right? That uh, I, I actually saw army and Marines. Now that could have been for a period of time. All right, maybe at one point yours were even, right? Um, Likely, yeah. Ikea out of Sweden. Uh, apparently not anymore, but when they first- Please don't say they make the meatballs. <laughs> I love those damn things. Apparently almost <laughs> all Ikea products uh, made in Germany were used. Uh, were using prisoners. 
No. American prisoners or German prisoners? German. Or- German prisoners. Okay. And the last thing I'm going to go over is baseball caps. So one thing that's kind of interesting is almost all those items have limited amount of competition. And that's one of the laws. So the big company, UNICEF, that does a lot of this stuff, the one thing that I, I found out is they really, the government has really regulated them to death to say that you're not really allowed to compete with private businesses with your labor because your labor is at a extremely low wage. Right. Which makes sense. You, you essentially are, you're competing with a, a free workforce. At some point. Uh, I was curious what you're going to put to that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to, it, it's, it's, it's a, an advantage that nobody else could have. And so they're extremely limited on what they can make because they're not allowed to essentially sell it to any, like me and you cannot go out and go buy these park tables. Government agencies can, if that makes sense. So if I wanted to buy one of these really cheap park tables that are made for 70 bucks, me and you can't do it. We have to go to Home Depot and go buy one for 250 that's made by a Amish person, perhaps. Um, so hopefully that, that helps you out a little bit on what they're making. Oh, it does. Um, License plate. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so mad. So this is this is a little different. I know we haven't cracked our second beer, but since we are kind of drinking two at a time, you do should, we, should we do the rating? Yeah, I have a clear winner. It's not I even, do too. It's actually not even close. Holy shit, me too, dude. What if we're complete? I have a clear winner too. I'm like, man, this is not even close. Like, I, all right, all right. like, how about this? Can you decide your winner by how much you've been you've drank out of one versus the other? Because I can. So I'm curious to hear because I can, but I'm curious to hear your reason. Because I've been drinking it way more because it's way better. See, that's funny. I'm saving my good one. <laughs> Jared must be a saver. I must be a spender. <laughs> so, all right. So, guys, uh, like Cody introduced it before, this is actually a really fun, like I said, I think it's a fair analogy is this Coke versus Pepsi, except this is the same company. So, essentially, it's Voodoo Rangers. It's Vote Voodoo. And essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, Cody, but you're choosing the next flavor of what they're going to mass produce. Yeah. So you have to choose between Voodoo Vice and the Danger Beach. Um, and then you scan a QR code, and that's how you vote. Which we'll both do. Uh, you want to do that maybe after the episode? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, cool. Let's vote for one. So uh, I know exactly which one I like. And I, I like that we opened both of them in the beginning, and we're able to drink multiple sips. Um, as soon as I took my first sips, I knew exactly which one I liked much better. Agreed. Because I actually think the other one doesn't have much taste. Interesting. Okay. So, all right, guys. I'll go first. I have no problem. So, the undoubtedly better <laughs> beer that I will purchase again, and if the other one is picked, I won't. Danger Beach IPA. Oh. <laughs> it's not even close for me. Wow. Completely opposite. You like this trash Voodoo Vice? Dude, Voodoo Vice is so good. Oh, oh my gosh. So, guys, for, for ranking purposes here, the Voodoo Vice, I'm going to actually give like a 4-2 on the taste scale. It is a fantastic beer. Um, Great IPA. The Danger Beach, I would not actually purchase again. So, clearly, Voodoo, you guys are making different beers. This is not like some type of scam where you guys are packaging the same beer with little changes. Um, great job on both of them. I would probably give the Danger Beach probably, uh, I'm going to say like a 2.8. So 2.8, 4.2, you know, fairly big difference. Wow. But you okay. guys need to mass produce Voodoo Vice so, all day. On, on. Let me take another sip of Voodoo Vice because I do respect your beer opinion. You know, over the last, you know, 70 or so episodes, we, we've cracked many beers and I yeah. do, 
I feel like our palate has has grown, I right? As we kind of alluded to last episode. So hold on. Let me, let me take one more unbiased sip of Voodoo Vice. No, no way, Danger Beach. You, you taste the kind of almost like fruity elements to it. Yeah, you know what I taste? <laughs> I taste like a 2-4. I taste a 2-4 there. Now let me, let me, let me taste this, uh, again, an unbiased sip of Danger Beach. It almost sounds like Jared's eating something, yet he's just, I guess, clearing his palate. You know what I taste there is a, it's a nice Danger Beach, a 4-1. Wow. Yeah. So we're pretty close with our rankings, but opposite. Completely opposite. So you know, and, and no, you're not just doing this just to bust my balls. Like that's 100%. honestly how you feel. Why do you think I had this beer in my hand, dude? This one is clearly almost empty. This one is damn near full because I started tasting it. This one's empty. So it's funny is our. I have one left, one sip left in the Voodoo Vice because I wanted to get it over with. So our 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 beers would have the same amount in both of them for two different reasons. That's I was so excited about the Voodoo Vice. So, uh, guys, you know, folks over at New Belgium, if our if our Rankings mean anything to you um, during your guys' next brewing. Hey. Go ahead and go brew some move Dude, Voodoo honestly, Vice. if their damn Canadian sales spike, I'm walking my happy ass over to New Belgium and I'm demanding some type of compensation. Why can't Canadian sales? Because we have a little bit of a, a, a listening following. A little bit. We're a top 10 yeah. podcast in Canada, That's man. That's true. That's true. So you think, I don't know if New Belgium sells in Canada. I would have no problem spearheading that effort. Okay. I know you wouldn't either. No, no. You want to do a little trip to Canada, man? We could do a little Montreal, uh, Calgary, little road trip all around. That'd probably be the coolest thing to sell is alcohol. Can you imagine your client? We visits? just hired a girl that worked for Crown Imports. So she used to sell uh, alcohol to like uh, distributors or, like, you know, she used to be the distributor. So she used to sell a, a, a bars. How fun. She said it was I'm sure a hard there's no job. money in it, though. Yeah, she said it was a pretty hard job. I'm sure it's low margin for commission. You know, I don't know. I, I think you're always trying to like convince them to like buy like for like the next week almost, you know, like, hey, come on, get three more cases. I oh, think yeah, you got Veterans Day coming up, you know? Yeah, I think yeah. it's like that, you know, and I imagine the beer thing's so weird because at bars, I feel like, the, you know, most people kind of have like their own ways when they go to a bar, they kind of buy the same thing. Like, I don't know if the bartender has that much influence on what I'm going to buy. Oh, I would strongly disagree. Huh. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down for either food and or alcohol, and I've looked at everything, both food and alcohol, make sure that nothing was like wildly gross. And I say, hey, what's your favorite? No, no, I do that too, but I don't know if so the you, bartender- you something they don't have bartender? I don't know if the bartender is making the order. You know, usually they're probably the business owner or the general manager is making the order. I don't know if the bartender is like, oh yeah, I'm trying to push this stuff because we're ordering more of it. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. All right, so I'm manager Jared and your bartender Cody. <clears throat> hey Cody, I'll pay you an extra dollar for every drink that you sell of this. You think that happens? I bet if they don't, we're opening up our bar tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think that happens. Well, again, let's open up a bar tomorrow then. Because I would, if I was if I was Crown or I was New Belgium, I would be doing those little uh, spiffs. I'd be like, hey guys, I'll give you an extra fifty cents for you know, every time you sell mine. I don't why would you? Why would you not? I don't know if there's enough margin to do that. I think the beer market's pretty competitive. I think there's just not enough margin. You, you don't think it. whenever you pay $8 for a, a 16 ounce glass <laughs> that there's a lot of margin in that? Right. It would sound like it, right? Okay, like guys. The, the restaurant industry is like notorious for having little to no overhead because of how shitty they pay their employees. Yeah, that's true. Right. All right. We're getting a little off topic here, but I would love to discuss that one more. Okay, so inmate labor. 
I'm gonna go through a couple of pros and cons, and then we'll get into our opinions, buddy. Be okay with that. So, <clears throat> believe it or not, there are pros and cons to this, guys. Um. So, the biggest the biggest pro that is touted by the uh, kind of labor, um, let's say prison labor complex, whatever it may be, the folks that are kind of lobbying to keep this in place, that what we currently have, and even expand it to some extent. They state that the preparation for handling responsibility outside the correction facility is increased. So it's kind of like, you know, your child, if you don't ever give your child any type of household chores, they're probably going to grow up as a spoiled little brat. That's kind of the, I would, that's what I'm thinking they're kind of stating with that statement. They're kind of saying, hey, by participating in prison chores, cleaning your own bedroom, making, you know, washing your own sheets, preparing your own food, you understand that there's a sense of responsibility for just doing the bare minimum to survive. And so when you go out into the outside world, you kind of know that when you, you shouldn't steal from people Mm -hmm. because there's a lot that goes into everything. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Practical and functional life skills, even training for certain jobs. So, you know, in some cases, there are, every one of these probably has a private sector job that you can attribute it to, right? If you can imagine hotels, they have people that probably clean rooms. There's laundry, Lots of different things, dishwashers, uh, cooks, every one of those jobs that you probably are doing. When you go out into the private sector, you probably already have the training where you can state, hey, I've done this for five years. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, technical skills. So if you're one of the 5 to 7% of folks that actually work for UNICEF, which is that big prison kind of more technical jobs, like you know fixing vehicles, um, sewing garments, things like that, you're gonna probably gonna learn some trade skills, welding, um, basic mechanic, uh, like vehicle mechanic skills, things like that. That's a very marketable skill. Is that the right term? I would agree with that. Yeah, very marketable skill, right? Highly desired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Here's one that I, I have a little bit of an interesting take on it. Uh, have you ever been to the zoo and you ever see like an elephant kind of bobbing back and forth? <coughs> Cody has two little ones. So, therefore, he has been to the zoo a lot more recently than I have. <laughs> but have you ever been to the zoo and you see, like, an animal and, and, and they seem like they're kind of, like, they're really bored or they're really kind of, like... They're, yeah, they, they I mean, they're, they're freaking supposed to be in Africa and we got them in this little 50-yard by 50-yard trap. Yeah, and, and, and I look at that and I, and I think of it as almost it feels like there's less meaning or there's no meaning to their life. Mm-hmm. And one of the pros that is is touted by a lot of these workforce kind of groups is saying that um, prisoners that stay busy and productive uh, working will it kind of endure better while in prison. They will feel uh, more productive. They will feel like there's meaning. They feel that there's means to the end, like there is a goalpost. And I kind of, I, I'm not trying to compare them to animals by any means, but I'm just saying- I didn't interpret when, that way. Yeah, when you're in kind of a, a confinement area- you can sometimes almost put yourself into a, a rate of depression or a rate of probably anxiety, just like the animals that are in zoos. And so, you know, us as different types of animals, really, right, humans, I would imagine having, to, knowing that, hey, you know what, I got to get up at eight o'clock, got to make my bed, I got to clean my, you know, sink or my toilet, and then I got to get to wherever I'm going at nine o'clock to put in seven hours of work or six hours of work. It probably f- provides some type of fulfillment 
especially if that money is going towards a savings account, if I'm able to provide it to my child that's outside of the prison walls, it provides some type of fulfillment, even though it's at a slower rate or even maybe nothing. But it lets me know that when I get out, I now have, there. there's more to life than just these four walls. I think that's probably the most powerful pro. What do you think about that one? Yeah, thousand percent. Irrefutable. Right? Okay, a couple cons. Prisoners are used as a source of cheap labor, meaning that other manufacturers cannot compete with the prices and that, that uh, prisoners are able to offer. So, <clears throat> I knew this was going to be one that's a little sensitive to you, I thought. It, it is, and ironically enough, uh, uh, do, do you know uh, Stuart Varney on Fox Business? Oh, yeah. So, I've gotten in a... You're religious about it now in the mornings. Right? Dude, I, I love, love the little 10 minutes that it takes from get to my house to the gym and the five minutes from the gym to my work. I was a student uh, Varney company is what is the episodes. I'm sorry, the, the show. And we were actually just, we, sorry. Varney was actually just talking about it this morning on the way to the gym. You're part of the group now. I am Varney and company. V- Varney, Varney clan. No, I'm kidding. He's actually, I think pretty smart guy. But anyways, he was actually interviewing this this morning. So, guys, this this episode is being uh, recorded on Veterans Day. And Jocko Willick, he is a co-author of you know Extreme Ownership and Leadership Dichotomy or Dichotomy of Leadership, I believe. Um, him and Leif Babin actually co-authored those books. But now he's actually, I, I believe, I don't know if he's a an owner or the CEO. He's he's a big wig at Origin. Mm-hmm. Origin, I guess, owner. is the yep. He is this. Uh, Origin is one hundred percent. American made yeah. clothes clothing line. Yeah. Right. So anyways, they were talking about Jocko today and he said, Hey, you know, I, I think the reason why we're having so much success is that there's a lot of factors, but the number one factor is patriotism. People want to buy American made Buy American made. Thank you. And is this, this cheap labor? Because unfortunately guys in privately held companies, you are literally obligated especially in a publicly traded company, you're obligated to act in a fiduciary responsibility. Fiduciary meaning like you have to be in the best interest of your shareholders. Well, the best interest of the shareholders, if Cody charges $10 and I charge $9, you go with me for this, for the same, for the same product. Mm-hmm. Right? So is this our way through prison labor, through skill refinement, skill development, through rehabilitation? Is this our competition to China? That's what I was thinking about. I don't know if I'm making too much of a stretch here, but I knew we were going to be talking about this today on my way yeah. to the gym. Am I making too much of a stretch? Well, first off, I will give you a little shout out. Veterans Day, buddy. Thank oh, you. thank you, man. Thank I appreciate you, that. Thank you for your service. Um, really cool because, you know, not a lot of Americans actually you know, make that sacrifice. So really appreciate that, buddy. I'll uh, I'll take a little bit more drink of my little vice, che- voodoo little, vice. Little cheers action. Little to, voodoo vice. To my uh, danger beats. That's probably going to be the next flavor. Mm. Ooh, damn voodoo vice buddy hey you know it'll be fun because we are going to vote after the end of this as i hope all our listeners did uh this past november 8th but uh let's make a commitment if whatever select, whatever person wins regardless of whose turn it is in the rotation regardless of which buddy slips us 10 bucks to sponsor the episode you have to buy the six pack i like that that's fair yeah that's fair fair enough I'm I'm happy because I'm I know I'm already gonna win on this one I think, um, so your comment about origin I think I don't know if this is competition to China specifically, 
Um, from I, a sheer masses standpoint. So I, I, so here's here's where I think this is kind of this con. I would say the, the thing that I stated right here is that it, it provides a uh, uncompetitive environment. Me and you, I, I went. I went on a lot of these websites that provide uh, uh, prison provided products. I can't buy them. You, me, cannot buy them. They are extremely regulated to only government agencies. So I even asked Anna. So Anna worked for Maricopa County Colleges, mm -hmm. government agency. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, did you guys ever buy that you know of from any of these companies? These are Arizona correction officer, uh, correction um, facility companies that have contracts with those uh, prison systems to essentially provide products to other Arizona uh, government agencies she's like no no we bought shit from like staples so it's it's very it's a very limited set of products for one and it's also a very limited amount of people that can purchase these products so for example organ it's interesting this is a, this is a cool product so the organ correction facilities state prisons essentially they build they 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 sew jeans they make jeans Nice blue jeans. Everyone needs a pair of blue jeans in their closet. Love it. I guarantee not one of our listeners has a pair of these blue jeans in their closet. The only people that are allowed to buy these blue jeans are essentially government agencies, right? For other prisoners. What? Yes. See, that's where that's how regulated this whole prison labor system is. And the government government does this so that there's no competition in the private sector. Right? Because these blue jeans are 16 bucks. I don't know the actual rate because I couldn't see it. They don't even show the prices. Let's say they're $16. Nobody can compete at that oh, rate. A pair of blue jeans is going to run you 50, 50 bucks all day long Exactly. Right so let's say they're 16 at least. bucks. 15 bucks. Nobody can compete there. So what they do is they say, hey, you're only allowed to sell to other government agencies. Right? So I, I hear you. In present day, love the fact. But our, our prison population is unfortunately... Fairly large. 2.1 million I saw. Is that what you saw? Um, well, I thought it was a little bit north because I thought 300,000, because I couldn't actually get a number of private prisons, but I kept saying that, you know, private prisons make up 7 to 10%. And then I think that like 500,000 inmates are in private prisons. So then I just extrapolated that and assumed that 5 million people are in prison. So Did I, I do it wrong, I guess? Private prisons have a lot more people. In their prison systems, because there is a little, and that's why it's its own separate episode. I get that. Let's yeah. not, let's not. So do too I, much foreshadowing. I saw it about two point one or okay. So maybe I, I wrongfully extrapolated then. Yeah. So shit. Hold on. I think I lost my train of thought. Um, I'm guessing we're going to compare it to private industry, banking of jeans, origin, China. It wasn't. Damn it. This is why you don't have three beer conversations, you know? I apologize, guys. Um, I, I think where I was going to try to go was I understand China eclipses us, I think, literally 10 times over in population. They do. I, I mean, it's it's crazy. They have more people in grad school than we have people. Yeah, so we're at 300 and, let's say, 30 million people. Sure. I think they're close to 2 billion. It, 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 like I said, a stat I read, I think it was about a year ago, they had more people in graduate school than we have in population. It's crazy. That's 
I know. Damn. I know. 330 million people in grad school? There's no way. I read that about a year ago, man. Okay. Fact check me because I don't want to bullshit our listeners, but I read that a long time ago. Anyways. Just believe everything we say, guys. Yep. I like it. <laughs> everything you hear on podcast. <laughs> you know what's funny? And, and don't get me wrong. I do think Cody and I put a lot of work in these podcasts and don't get me wrong. We have a lot of fun doing it. It's, it's honestly one of my favorite hobbies that I've taken up. <laughs> but given the sheer ease it is to create a podcast, I mean, what? It costs us 800 bucks in equipment and uh-huh. I think it costs us like 100 bucks a year. Yeah. I can't believe how easy it is to create a podcast. Any dumbass can create a podcast and yeah, put is, whatever they want out really there. Which is really cool because anybody has a passion for anything. Like, let's say you have a passion for, uh, you know, I don't know, um, interior designing. Mm-hmm. Start a podcast, talk about it. Hey, so you have a passion for actual beer. Like, because, you know, me and Jared do not have a passion for beer. Let's be honest. No, we have a we passion just, for drinking beer once in a while. That's where we're at. No. We don't have a passion for... Um, <laughs> we have a passion for drinking beer. We don't have a passion for beer. We don't have a passion for beer. Like, there's a difference. Let's like, be honest. Um, hold on, hold on. I want to spend 15 seconds. Tell me the difference. So there's a difference. So have you ever met somebody that thinks that they know everything about wine? Oh yeah, all time. okay, all the time. Okay. Everyone from California. Okay, so those, if you've actually lived in California for more than a week, so whenever you ask somebody about the drink they're drinking, if they take more than 10 seconds explaining it, they have a passion for beer they have a passion for wine okay if i asked you right now hey jared how's that beer it's pretty good through two seconds two words (laughs) you don't have a passion for beer you see the difference and that's what i'm trying to say is we have a passion for drinking like oh yeah we're gonna try it out we're gonna give you a good ranking (laughs) but sounds so bad yeah like we're like yeah it's good it's good it's bad it's nothing more than that like we're not going to give you the notes of the cherries from a northern climate. Like, we, we're not going to give you that nonsense. We try to be refined sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what that, that's considered as refined? So, you got to drink pinky up beer. Okay. Okay, let me give you the next con. I'll give you two more, right. and then we'll move so, into so our So, was I completely full of shit on that? Is this... I understand you, you, you made proper facts and allusions to the government hindrances or government um, rules and regulations disallowing that. Yeah. But... Is this a path to compete with the lower cost providers nationwide, globally? I think it's kind of a weird, I get what you're trying to say. And it actually kind of makes sense. But I think what we've done with our prison system is said, hey guys, we don't want to just a bunch of people sitting around in prison and kind of like getting a free lunch. Mm-hmm. Make your bed, clean your toilet, make your food, clean the yard. Okay, cool. That's fulfilling. But that's not fulfilling, if that makes sense. It's it's bare minimum. Yeah. Okay, well, hey, if you would like to, and this is the funny thing. All of these programs are voluntary. I don't think anybody knows this. This is the weirdest thing. Every single thing I saw, that bare minimum stuff, you have to do. Otherwise, you do get solitary confinement. But guess what? Make your fucking bed. That's what I'm hearing. Make your bed, clean your toilet, make your food. Like, that's what I'm hearing. If... You would like to work for one of these private companies that makes blue jeans in Oregon. You can voluntarily do it. You can say, yeah, I would like to go make 82 cents an hour where I can start saving up for rent when I get out of prison. I can send this money to my family outside of prison. They're all voluntary. It's not forced. You're not going to do any of that. So I think what we've done is we've said, hey, to your point, 
in China and places like that where they have really cheap labor, it's almost like a forced type of situation, especially in China where they have the Uyghurs, where I went on a rabbit hole last night on the the Uyghurs. I don't know if you did that or not. No. (sighs) The Uyghurs. So, dude, we should do an entire episode on the Uyghurs. It is a nightmare. So, so the Uyghurs, if you've never, have you ever heard about the Uyghurs? No. Oh, my God, dude. So, the Uyghurs is a, I would say a world issue. It's probably, I'm not trying to be exaggerating here. It's our 21st century World War II. No one knows about it. It's under the radar. China has imprisoned over 2 million Uyghurs because they are Muslim Hmm. in China. Holy shit. And they are forced to work and receive re-education. Indoctrination. I know. Sorry. I'm saying that because that's not what they say. I know. Re-education meaning that they have terrorist-like tendencies. Craziness, right? I'm looking at Jared right now, guys, for everybody listening. I'm looking at Jared because this is nutty. China believes that these people are essentially terrorists at birth because they are Muslim. And so they have a whole area that for the last five to ten years, they've been building up, building prison camps. And as soon, essentially, when you're if you're a male and you turn 18, you just get automatically shuffled into this for some stupid reason, right? Similar to what we kind of did. I'm not going to lie, after the 13th Amendment. Very similar. We've done some fucked up things, man, to yeah. uh, Japanese. Very similar. Interment we treated camps. them horribly. Internment camps. And Irish, so, we treated them horribly. Exactly. Obviously, African-Americans. And so this is something that I think when societies evolve, there's always this, like, unfortunately, you put a scapegoat group. China's doing this right now. They're scapegoating the Uyghurs. So um, off, off air, go research them. We uh, let's add that to the list. Is hey W E W E A? No, no, it's actually a U. Oh, of course, a Uyghur. Weird, right? How the hell do you spell that? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> where does the U fit in? I'm sorry. It starts with a U. Uyghur. Now remember, this is a, a nationality in China. Like it's a group or not nationality. It's a, I guess, ethnic group. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys, I don't know. It relates because it is a prison population, but. Uh, we should do a whole episode on it. You know, what should America do in that situation? Because how complicated is that? Some other country is imprisoning people based on mm. their religion. What does that sound like? Yeah. Imprisoning people. Sounds a little Jewish, little German. Hom- I would say. Yeah. What, German what Jewish they did with the homo. Yeah. 100%. Homosexuals. And, exactly. Uh, imprisoning Jews. somebody based on their, uh, their religion or their uh, race or something like that is Absolutely absurd. And right now it's going on. A lot of people are really, but 2 million people is a lot. And the funny thing is, is a lot of people believe that a lot of uh, items that we use every single day are actually made by these Uyghurs, including iPhones. No. Oh, yeah. Components within lots of devices. I wish you know Steve Jobs just turned in his grave. So let's get off that. Because, um, dude, I, w- I was up till like 11 o'clock for like two hours. Researching Uyghur black hole. I was looking at like they they have like these a lot of people have been kind of doing uh, drone footage, and they've been uh, trying to get like private drones. Pretty um, ballsy in China. Fuck yeah, buddy, dude. Bro, that's ballsy in the U.S. It is life or death in China. You probably those guys probably don't live anymore. They're probably live streaming and now they're dead. Like in but most cases, 
It's very morbid to say, but yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, so they're, they're trying to, you know, get- how passionate you have to be about something. Oh my God. You know, I know, I know right now everyone's gluing themselves to like famous paintings and shit. Can't wait to do that one. A little global warming. Let's do that one. We haven't done that one yet, have we? We have not. We did EV, but it's different. Way different. Way different. We definitely, because it's so big on the news right now. Dude, be- we, we are. <sighs> because of the people gluing themselves to shit. Oh my God. I wish they would just leave them there. Um, anyways, a <laughs> little, little foreshadowing. I love that the like you imagine how much like taking super glue and putting it on your hand and just gluing it to a wall and then having somebody slowly re- why remove them <laughs> just leave them there why remove them all right dumbass you wanted to be there cool they did that in uh, Germany so good in Germany at the Porsche dealership so Porsche apparently you know they they emit emissions so bastards and so I guess there's because like Tesla doesn't there's like a Porsche yeah go listen to our EV episode there's like a Porsche uh, museum. Like 10 protesters came in there. I didn't see this one. At like four o'clock at night. And they closed at like five. And they glued themselves to the floor. And all the curators of the museum said, okay, guys, we're closing up. If you want to leave, great. If not, we'll be here tomorrow morning. They shut off the uh, heat, which they normally don't, and the lights. And these protesters had to stay in a cold cement building because Germany's fucking cold right now. No kidding. 40 degrees. <laughs> so so when you said leave them, they actually did it in the Porsche Museum. I've never wanted to buy a Porsche more. So <laughs> I think those I think every one of them probably stood up at a certain point. Like they're like, okay, I'm, I'm how here. you're glued. I think they can do it. I think you can rip your hand off a wall. I couldn't, dude. Bro, if you were fucking glued, like, the, just the residue, that shit hurts. You're freezing. Life or death, buddy. Dude, I've never been more of a Porsche fan than I am today. You I've always, you, like, kind of mentally flipped off everyone who's ever passed me in a Porsche. No, I like him. You didn't hear about that story? No. Fucking great, right? That's awesome. Okay. Sure so, uh, next con, yeah, guys. next con. All through, although prisoners are generally <laughs> all through, yeah, all through. Man, that's, that's that's a three beer mistake. <laughs> that's an old English mistake you could say. Although it's, a, it's like calure, whatever yeah. you read in like uh, yeah. Britain. Although prisoners are generally paid for their labor, rates of pay are very low. Uh, whereas the opportunity opportunity costs are often high. So they, there is this kind of idea, especially in California. A lot of people don't realize California uses uh, inmate labor to fight fires. Yeah, so a lot of the forest fires, they will essentially say, hey, guys, would anybody like to volunteer to go fight fires? Go get some fresh air. Fire air, unfortunately, but fresh air, at least. Go out in the forest. Lacking oxygen, but, you know, fresh air. But honestly, say I have a 10-year sentence. Say I have a five-year sentence. I don't know. I would say I would volunteer for that. I've been looking at four walls, barbed wire fences. I'd be saying yes for, let's, let's say, 50 cents an hour. Whatever. I'm outside. I'm probably going to get better meals. I'm going to go work side along normal people, like normal civilian firefighters. I get some outside influences. I would, I, personally, I would probably say yes. I think, Jared, you would say <clears throat> yes. So I would, but however, part of the pushback and part of the um, the antagonist, if you will, across prison labor is lack of training that the yeah. prisoners get. Now, a lot of the stats that I was seeing, I'm curious to see what your research said, is I was seeing about 70% of inmates saying that they were improperly trained to do the job that they are. Yeah. I could only imagine and wishfully hope that firefighting is not one of the part of that 70% because it's not like, here's your hose, go do it. 
Because then you start putting other people in danger because firemen offer, operate in teams. Yeah, I think forest fires are a little bit different. Um, forest fires are, are hey, we're going to allow it to burn, but we're going to stop it at this point in time. So um, forest fires are treated very differently. Most of them are actually volunteer, believe it or not, like even in northern Arizona. Most of them are volunteer uh, per people. Uh, in California, of course, we have prison labor. Uh, be due to the fact that you're not trying to put out the fire you're just trying to stop the growth and so what most cases the labor that's going to be required is digging a ditch or a fire wall right where the fire will no Got longer it. be able to continue you take away the fuel exactly so in most cases the 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 effort or the skill is fairly I, I would i don't know if it's minimal but it's not like it's something that's super trainable like you don't need to train for like three weeks on the job like it's like hey guys we need to dig a ditch for three miles with this excavator equipment and shovels to make sure that when the fire gets to this point, it, it runs out of fuel. We don't want it crossing the road. Let's trim all these trees so they're not hanging over anymore to these other trees. I think it's not like it's excess of training. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Last one. Feel some of our opinions here that we're going to start going to in the next oh, five, yeah, 10 minutes. We're, we're coming up on that hour. Oh, yeah, buddy. Okay. We got limited space, it says, so we got only a little bit of time left. We oh, have, we got plenty. We, we have officially rambled on too much. It says 15 Our, our memory card, yeah. Yeah, memory card's running out. Okay, so uh, prison labor frequently prevents prisoners from developing their skills through education and training, which would be far better off or better valued when they leave prison. That's my last one. So apparently a lot of prisoners, they have the ability to almost to get like a uh, associate's degree. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the idea there is, hey, you can get an associate's degree or you can go learn these traits. Because <sighs> if you're getting an associate's degree, you're probably not going to get any money for that. You're probably not getting paid. You probably do the bare minimum chores, right? So I think we have to... Damn it, I hate to introduce this this late in the podcast, but I think we might agree, so I'm, I feel comfortable doing it. What is the purpose of prison? I think there's two things. Payment? Nope, 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 nope. Oh. What is the... The, not purposes, what is the purpose of prison? I think it's a punishment for the crime. <clears throat> okay, I, I think we're close enough. Whenever you sentence someone... For anything less than life, I think we can agree that the rehabilitate to rehabilitate. If you if you sentence anyone less than life, it is to rehabilitate to make them a functioning member of society. There's punishment involved too, because yeah. clearly there's a punishment. Yeah, I am not wanting this to be a resort stay. Yeah, I don't because yeah. holy shit, we have enough problem with crime right now. We don't want people going back, so we want to make it rough. We want to make it shitty, right? But also provide, to your point, opportunity for not going back. Exactly. Exactly. It's a weird middle ground, though, if you think about it. Is it? It is. I, it, I disagree. Because if you make... If your purpose is to rehabilitate, then everything you do, from making sure that your bed's clean to your floor is mopped, everything you do is to instill discipline. Because whatever they were doing prior to prison... Clearly, it wasn't working out for them. Mm -hmm. So, hey, because you were born in this great country, 
You had the opportunity to make your own choices. You proved to make shitty choices. Yeah. So now you do it our way, and for up to and including your time here that you were sentenced to by the judicial system. Someone's going to tell you what to do. Exactly. So it's almost, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad sense, bad taste, et cetera, but this is essentially what I was in the military is brainwashed. Yeah. You're brainwashed. Up until I was 18, I was, you know, Jared Jones. Then as soon as I became Cadet Jones, now all of a sudden I was doing push-ups until I became Cadet Jones, basically. Yeah. Right? You know, the... I don't... I don't... I got to disagree, man. I think we have to keep in mind that every decision that they made led them to that point. So therefore, you forfeit your rights and you forfeit that freedom to think freely, you know? And now you think the way I want you to think. Now, that's a dangerous power to give an institution. Oh, yeah. Incredibly dangerous. But in principle, I agree with it 100%. Yeah, no, I, 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 the rehabilitation thing's interesting. And when I say they're kind of, con- I don't know, conflicting, I should say, not conflating, conflicting ideas. Um, I don't know if they're conflicting, but they, they definitely are hard. There's a there's a thin line. That's what I was trying to say. It's like college, for instance. Room and board. For most people, right? Your college is a different experience. Room and board. Mm-hmm. You have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. It has AC. It has a heater. It has sheets. It has a bed. You have a food plan where you're able to go down to an area and go get food that's already pre-made. That feels very similar to kind of a prison. You're not, sometimes you're going to be making the food. If, if, if we didn't have prison labor, somebody else would be providing that heat. Somebody else would be providing that AC. Somebody else would be providing the food. Well, actually, to your earlier point, often the victim of their crime is providing that. Bingo. The taxpayer. And I think a lot of times we kind of forget about that. So what we've essentially said is, hey, guys, if you commit a crime... This is not a college stay. You're going to clean your own room. You're going to provide your own AC. You're gonna you're gonna pay for it. That's kind of what we're saying here. Is like there's we're not gonna make the victim of the crime or somebody that has never committed a crime pay for your AC bill. Your in Arizona, we've kind of taken to the ninth with some of our kind of prison systems, right? We have Tent City that was recently disbanded, right? Where we say, hey, why would we ever make taxpayers pay for AC? Why would we do that? Like, this is not, we're not going to make somebody that has not committed a crime punish. Hey, for the people that have committed the crime yeah. too. Because yeah, taxes are essentially a punishment to some extent in some cases. Yeah. I, like I mean. Over taxation, I should say. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but I just want to over explain it. Of course, if I misspeak here. What that means is, look, the reason why we all work. Yes, while we, why we may be inherently motivated and, and passionate about our jobs. That's great. It's fantastic. I love the fact that you love what you do. However, you do that work traditionally to provide for your family, to do money gives you power. Money gives you choice, right? And therefore, whenever you give away that money to the government via taxes, that's where you're paying for your, your criminal, if you will. That committed a crime against you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm trying to get to the point where that shouldn't that that seems so odd to me, right? Somebody that has their house robbed or their house burned down or maybe a family member murdered from them, they should not be paying for the food on that person's table. Like they no. need to be cooking that food, farming that food, all the things. And I know that sounds so irrational, but when you have two million people, I'm pretty sure they could be self sustaining at a certain point. 
Um, so as we start kind of thinking, kind of thinking final thoughts here, how do we fix this? Is this something that needs to be fixed? And I think the real question is, is, is inmate labor moral or immoral? Our 13th Amendment right now states that, hey, you have a payment to society that you need to pay. We only will allow for low-cost labor to exist in the case that you are a criminal. Is that moral or immoral? I think I'm at the perspective, yeah. I think you provide, you, you are a criminal because you broke a law and there's a payment to society. And during that payment, if you learn additional skills and education and trade skills, more power to you. You're welcome. I don't know if that's owed to you, to be honest. I think that's almost like a, a, a benefit. So your rehabilitation thing, is I think that's almost like, yes, it's nice to have. I don't know if it's owed to you. I think there's a payment that needs to be due. Mm. It's like a debt almost to society. You pay the debt with your years. And during that time, if you're able to take advantage of some of the programs, great. But I don't know if I owe you more than that. What do you think about that? Yeah. So before I go into my final opinion, because I am pretty strong on this. Oh, dang. I am, I hope this never happens. So I'm actually not going to use names in this. Let's say Bill, Bill's one of your friends and Bill's married and Bill has two kids. Okay. Let's say some whacked out drug dealer, whatever it may be. Bill has his two kids murdered, raped, murdered, etc. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That person luckily gets caught, gets sentenced to life in prison. Doesn't get sentenced to death sentence, just a life in prison. Yeah, 25 years. Yep. Is it ever fair for Bill to pay one blood nickel of his hard-earned money, not only to his imprisonment, but now to his wages because he's cleaning sheets? Cleaning his own sheets half the time? No. Never. And you took it to the extreme. I don't think it's fair. If somebody breaks into my house while I'm on vacation... And steals my shit in my house. Stuff I don't even care about. Because now my wife and my children will never feel safe again. They took something away from me that is almost irreplaceable. That person. Yeah. That safety. My house can be broken into at any point in time. So a criminal, unfortunately, they remove something from society. I think there's a debt to be owed. They can pay that debt in time. And I'm all right, though, during that debt to learn trade skills at... Honestly, free. Like, thank you. Like, it shouldn't. Twenty three cents an hour is too much. I don't care if there's a if there's a cost. Okay, whatever. I'm all right with zero. But if no, 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 I will only accept zero. That's where my stance oh, is. Oh wow, zero. I will only. Accept. I think it's so wrong that Bill would ever have to pay one blood nickel of his hard earned money to the person that took away the things that are irreplaceable of him. Okay, so you're saying that prisons should be a net zero cost to the taxpayer? I would love for that. That's an ideal state. That's what you're stating. Though. I understand. No, no, no. I understand. The prison guard has to be paid. The prison guard, the warden, et cetera. Yeah. I understand there's a burden to me. No no different than our local policeman. I yeah. understand there's a, a, and guys, don't misinterpret what I'm not saying here as burden. I'm talking about from a tax standpoint. 
And I'm okay with the overhead that is needed to run the president from a leadership standpoint to make sure it's running. What I'm not okay with is paying for facilities maintenance, for laundry, for cooking. Shit that is easily learned, reasonably easily learned, I don't agree in not only not paying for it, but paying for the prisoner to do it. I couldn't be more against it, actually. Yeah, household chores. It's funny. I don't think anybody ever kind of thinks about that. Do you get paid for your household chores? Hell no. Do I get paid for my household chores? Nope. Does my wife? No, no, nobody. Nobody gets paid for your household chores. And when I looked at 95% of prisoners or 90% of whatever the number is, it's very high. Of prisoners, that's the labor that everybody's freaking out about. Oh, this prisoner gets paid 21 cents to scoop food out of a pot onto a- And to wash their sheets? That's where where I'm like, guys. inhumanity. I'm like, guys. 21 cents too much. Okay. 21 cents too much. That's where I stand. And I'm hard on that, man. One last thing. Do we we are running out of memory card space, which is hilarious here. We've never done this before. One last thing. I got one minute and then we're gonna end this thing. I just Dude, if you if you lift me off some bullshit where I look like a puss for not responding, I'm gonna be mad. Um what if that increases the rate of incarceration and additional crimes? Like they don't have that savings account. So when they get out, they don't have that two thousand dollars saved up after two two, you know, say two, three years. And that person comes out and like, holy shit, I'm going to go rob more people. Is then that, is, is then that, we didn't rehab them enough. Then then the prison <sighs> itself is flawed. But the, let's say the 21 cents is the part of the rehab. Because earning something does feel good. Yeah. And Taking something away feels worse. <sighs> Whatever you wrong someone. You're not in there because it's like it's just a random occurrence, Cody. You wronged someone. You took something from someone. I know, I know. Whether it's that feeling of safety, whether it's a life, whether it's a candy bar. You took something from someone. Fuck. No, I, I dude, it's fucking, that, that's a hard, this is a hard one. It really is because there are repercussions on both sides. When you pay them, you are challenged. And when you don't pay them, you, they might replicate the same issue. Okay, guys, I have to go pee. To be honest. So Dude, I'm honestly, I looked at the timer 14 minutes ago and I didn't think I was going to make it. Okay. So guys, um, hey, shout out to everyone who sent me a fun little DM on six pack discussions or sent us a six pack discussions DM with the stickers who voted. That was fun. Loved reposting that. Um, continue to interact with us. Continue to give us kind of shout outs and fun topics to talk about. Love you guys. See you guys. Bye.